0: New Year is that time of year when everybody likes to set new goals and resolutions for themselves to try to renew themselves in a bit and help them be a better person than they are currently. And as I was thinking of that, how people try to renew themselves in this time of year, it it reminded me of that part of scripture that talks about us becoming a new creation when we give our life to Christ. And so I wanted to go to that passage today. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It starts at verse 16. And we're going to read through this and, and talk about what it means to become a new creation and what that process looks like and how it affects our life. And in this passage, Paul just finished talking about how when we leave our earthly bodies, this physical body, that we go to be home with God in heaven, and so that's kind of the backdrop into what he's about to talk about, and we'll begin reading in verse 16. It says, so from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Now the first thing of this passage that I want to point out is how this process of becoming a new creation happens. And in verse 17 it tells us, that it's when someone is in Christ. So this renewal that takes place, this new creation that comes about from who we were before into who we become when we accept Christ in our life is not something done through our own power. It's something that comes through the power of Christ. Because what happens when we accept Christ into our life is that he, because of his sacrifice that he made, and we accept that work that he has done, it strips away the sin and the cost of our sin from being in our life. And it takes that away. And so that shows us the first thing that happens in a renewal process. And the first thing that's required to happen is that any kind of renewal requires a removal. A renewal requires a removal. When you think about anything being renewed or being restored, what's happening more often than not, or maybe even every time, is that the gunk and grime and just buildup that has accumulated onto an object or into a place prevents that thing from being how it was when it was new. And in order to bring that thing or that object back to how it was when it was new, it requires removing all of that gunk and grime and buildup that has accumulated over the years in order to bring that thing back to how it was when it was new. That's what we do when we do spring cleaning, which we're going to have to be doing in a few months as spring we'll start rolling around and we get out our washcloths and spray bottles and mops and dust pans and all of those things. We get them out to clean the house. And the way that we do that, the way that we clean the house is by removing dust, removing stains on walls and countertops, basically removing all of those things that have built up over the years that has caused that thing to become in a worse condition than what it was in when it was new. And see, we need to remember that when God created people, he created us without sin. He created us to live forever because we didn't have that curse of sin and death in our life. That's how God made us to be. But when sin entered into our lives, that gunk and grime began to build up in our life And it brought us into a worse condition than what we used to be in. And so in order for us to be renewed, we need that gunk and grime that comes from the sin in our life to be washed away, to be cleansed, to be removed, so that we can be renewed. And when we understand the renewal process in that way, then when we think of renewing ourselves or making ourselves into a better person, what we're doing is not making ourselves into the best version of us. Really what we're doing is making ourselves more like Christ. So it's really the opposite of making ourselves the best version of ourselves, because in actuality, it's making ourselves less and being less like ourselves so that we can be more like Christ. Scripture talks about, I must decrease so that he can increase, meaning the qualities about myself, those selfish, sinful, natural qualities that are in us need to decrease and need to be taken away so that the righteousness of Christ can begin to take place in our life. So in that way, We are renewing ourselves, not through our own power and not through becoming the best versions of ourselves, but it's a renewal process that happens through the power of Christ by God reconciling us to him and making us more like him. And the closer we are to being like Christ, to being like that example that Jesus has set for us. The more we become like that, the more we will be returning to the state that God created us in before it became soiled by our sin. And so that's what this renewal process is, allowing Christ to take that sin away to make us more like him, more into, the, into what we were originally made to be like. And then Paul goes on to explain that through this renewal process, what happens is that we are then given the ministry and message of reconciliation. And of course, reconciliation is that word that just means being joined with God again, that we have been separated from God and we are rejoining with God and that is the ministry and message that we have been given, which I love that because it's not just a message of salvation. That's not all the gospel message is. It's the biggest part of it, I would probably say, that people can have salvation and that receive that saving grace and freedom from sin in their life. That's incredible. I don't want to downplay that at all ever in my life. But to understand that there's more to the gospel message than just salvation even. Because it's not just about that get-out-of-hell-free card. It's about reconnecting with our Lord and Creator. And that's the reason why God sent His Son to die for our sins, to pay the price of our sins so our sins could be removed. He did that so that we could be reconciled to Him in every part of our life, in every way. And so this reconciliation is us moving out of our life of sin and into the grace of God and into relationship with him. And that ministry that God has done, that work that God has done in our life is the message that we have been given and the ministry also that we have been given to go out and present to others is this renewal process of moving closer to God. That's what renewal is, this process of moving closer to God. And it really is a process. It is not something that happens overnight to anyone. And it's not just one event of one prayer that is prayed to receive salvation in our life, and then after that, everything is peachy keen and there's no more work to be done in our life because there's a lot of issues we still have that we need to work on, again, not through our own power, but through the power of Christ, allowing him to make us more like him. That is a process that continues even after salvation. And so what we have taking place is this process where God begins by calling those who don't know him into a relationship with him, and then that once we do know him, that he continues to move us closer and move our lives closer to one that coincides with his will. And we actually talked about this in college. It was something called the Rayner Scale, named after Tom Rayner. And the Rayner Scale is essentially this tool used to illustrate what this process looks like of God calling people into a relationship with him. And rather than just having it be like a you're in or you're out type situation, he begins it with this category designated as the letter U and the number negative five. So U, negative five, and the U stands for unchurched or somebody that just doesn't know God they're not in relationship with God and the negative 5 is how far they are from an acceptance of who Christ is and if you're a U negative 5 this he uses this to describe a person who not only doesn't believe in God but he doesn't believe in anything the bible teaches and if you even bring up anything about the bible that they become very antagonistic they become very upset they become very aggressive about it they don't want you to say anything even anywhere near them about god or the bible or anything like that and and they just get really upset um, and then from u -5 it goes to u -4 -3 -2 -1 and then after U-1, it goes into D-1, which D stands for disciple, disciple of God. And essentially what this uh, scale is made to represent is this idea that people will be very antagonistic about God, they'll be very aggressive towards anything with the Bible, and they eventually begin to at least, you know, become neutral maybe, where they're not really interested in it, but you can talk about it around them. or And then they become kind of interested in some of the ideas and, and interested in what the Bible teaches. And, and basically this process goes along until they reach that point where they accept the message. But what I really love about the Raina scale is that the scale doesn't end when somebody accepts Christ it continues on after that in various degrees of how willing that person is to give their life to Christ. So not just to accept salvation, but to actually live out in relationship with God. So are they praying? Are they talking to God? Are they reading their Bible? Are they involved in church? Are they involved in leadership? Are they involved in ministry? And and what are the different things that they are doing in their life to reflect that relationship they have with Christ? And it was really encouraging to me when I first heard about this scale, especially in terms of evangelism, because the presenter said, you know, if somebody is at that place where they're very antagonistic towards anything religious, there's almost no possible way that in one conversation with them, you're going to get them to accept the gospel message. It's just not going to happen. And so if that's your goal, if you think, well, evangelism is only taking place if I get that person to that point, then you're going to be very discouraged. And oftentimes, A successful, you know, if you want to use that term, a successful evangelism encounter is simply moving a person one point up that scale. And then in our own lives, making sure that we don't just say, well, I believe in Jesus, I received the gift of salvation, and so I'm set. There's nothing left to do. But to understand that we are still in process as well, And we need to be continually moving closer to God in our own life as well. So not only is God calling the unchurched people, God calling lost people into his arms, and not only is that a process, but also for us who are disciples, who are followers of Christ, that we are in process as well, and it's, that, it's the same process, it's the same scale used for both sides of this process. And so when Paul here is talking about this ministry and message of reconciliation that we have, what it's talking about is understanding that we are still in that process of renewing ourselves by allowing God to remove the sin from our life, so that we can live a life more in line and more in accordance with his word and his will. So to not only realize that that renewal process is happening in our lives, but to also take that message to others and invite others along with us in this renewal process and in this process of being reconciled to God. And then Paul ends this passage by saying that as we participate in this renewal process and as we become disciples and followers of Christ, that as we do that in Christ, he says that we might become the righteousness of God. And this is a really exciting idea when you understand it. So let's break it down a little bit about what does it mean to be the righteousness of God? Well, righteousness is the actions that are right, right? To do what is right. And of course, we're not great at that. (laughs) We, We tend to do a lot more wrong than we do right, it seems like. And so the righteousness of God, well, God is perfect, so everything he does is right. So how is it that we, who are not right and often very wrong and very mistaken and misguided, how do we become the right works of God? Well, what happens is that when we allow this renewal process to take place that we become a new creation we're no longer like how we used to be but now we have become less like us in our sin nature and more like christ in his righteousness in his will then what happens is we receive this ministry and message of reconciliation that we're moving closer to God and we're inviting others in that process with us to move them closer to God as well. And when we are participating in that ministry, we're participating in that work, it is the work that is the kingdom of God. That's what it means when it talks about the kingdom of God. It talks about God bringing people and inviting people into relationship with Him. So when we are participating in that, because God has allowed us to be transformed into a people that are doing that work, then the work that we are doing is reflective of the will of God and the work that He is doing in the world through us. And in that way, We become the good works of God. We become a testament, our very lives become a testament of the work that God is doing in our life. And then by allowing God to work through us, we are allowing our lives to perform the works that God is wanting to do through our lives. And so the good works that are being done are not the good works from us, remember, because we can't renew ourselves. It's Christ at work in us as we allow him to work in us. And that as we allow him to work in us and through us, it is God's work being done through our lives. And since righteousness is that right work, it is that good work that is being done through our lives, our lives are reflective. Our lives are that witness and illustration and testament of the righteousness, the right works of God. And I just think that's so exciting that God allows us to be participants in this, that God allows us to be his ambassadors on earth, that we are representing Christ where we go and in the things that we do and the things that we say, and the times that we bite our tongue as well, the things we don't do and don't say, that we don't act maliciously or vengefully or out of bitterness and hate and spite, but instead we treat our enemies with love and forgiveness as Christ treated us while we were still sinners. That as we do that, as we step into that role that God has given to us, that we become renewed into this role, this right role of God's righteousness, this role that we clearly don't deserve, but through the power and work of God, we are able to step into that role that he has prepared for us. And Paul even uses a great kind of other side of the coin illustration for this, when he talks about how Jesus, who had no sin, became sin for us. That Jesus, who lived an innocent life, who had no sin, and who had no reasoning, no good reason, really, when you think about it, to take our sin onto his life. He had no reason to do that, but because of his love for us he did that anyway. What you had happening was Jesus stepping in to a role that the Father had prepared for him to become sin. To become the embodiment of our sin and to become the sacrifice for our sin, a sin sacrifice to pay the price for our sin. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So just as Jesus really had no reason in his innocence and his perf- uh, perfection had no reason to become sin, to step into that role of of our sin in the same way we have no right to step into the role of the righteousness of God but just like how the sacrifice of Jesus was made possible through the work of the Father so it is in our life that even though we have no right to step into the role of the righteousness of God that because of God's work in our lives, as He reconciles us with Him, that He strips away the old things, He removes that sin from our life, He removes who we once were as terrible people, chasing after destructive tendencies because of our greed, our lust, our desire for power and control that God removes those things in order to allow us through his power to step into this role as the righteousness of God doing God's work through our lives in this world for everyone who still lives on this world that he is calling to him which is everyone both those who don't know him and those who do know him but just like us are still in that process and God uses us as we allow it and only as much as we allow him to to do his good work in us and through us and so we then need to humble ourselves submit to his will and in his power Step into that role that God lays out for us to walk in. And we should always be stepping into that role, no matter where it is or what it looks like. And so, again, as this is the time of year when people are seeking to renew themselves, I want to challenge all of you to, rather than thinking of it as renewing yourself, to understand it as this process of allowing God to renew you through removing the parts of you that go against the will of God, by making you less so that he can be more represented in your life. And to understand that it's not just about becoming the best you, it's about becoming like him and moving into a closer relationship with him so that we can step into the role that he has prepared for us of being his representatives, his righteousness, his ambassador in this world. And so I want to leave you with the question of how are you going to let God do that? How will you let God's renewal process happen in you and through you this year? And allow God to show you What changes he wants to make in your life? What things he wants to remove so that you can better represent him? What ways does he want to move you into a closer and deeper relationship with him so that you are prepared to walk in this role? And what does that role look like for you where you are? You have to be willing to let yourself decrease so that he can increase, so that you can become a new and renewed creation. And that's today's Sermon in the Pocket. As always, if you have any comments or questions for me, I'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to me either through the Sermon in the Pocket Facebook page, or you can also email me directly at sermoninthepocket at gmail.com. And I would love to hear any comments or questions that you have. And I also encourage you to like this, share this, wherever you're listening to it. Show that interaction that really helps that algorithm boost it so this message can get out to more people. And that message of reconciliation can reach the people who really need to hear it. So I encourage you to do that. But until next time, thank you for taking the time to listen. And I pray that God will bless you as you go throughout your day.